In a corner office where dim light struggled through heavy blinds, Dr. Harold Lyle's eyes darted across rows of medical literature and esoteric articles. His fingers flew over the keyboard, algorithms ran on triple monitors, and chemical equations were sketched with an anxious pen. Books on psychology, neuroscience, and quantum mechanics were scattered across the desk, intermingling with vials and petri dishes filled with experimental compounds. As days blurred into nights, fueled by an unyielding combination of caffeine and ambition, his algorithmic model started to respond. Sweat dripped from his brow as he adjusted variables, recalibrated sequences, and fine-tuned his code. Finally, it happened, the computer signaled a positive match. His technique, a complex integration of cognitive behavioral therapy, nanotechnology, and quantum field manipulation, was successful. It could literally absorb phobias, extract them like toxic substances from the patient's minds. Elation swept through him, he had become the architect of a new world without irrational fears. Overnight, his life changed. His cramped office became a sanctuary of healing, a revolving door of patients arriving with fears and leaving without them. Word spread like wildfire. Agoraphobics started exploring the outdoors, acrophobics relished the views from towering skyscrapers, and people once afraid of water now swam with the abandon of fish. Social media was inundated with testimonials, hashtags dedicated to Dr. Lyle trended globally, and newspapers could talk of little else. Talk shows wanted interviews, and universities clamored to offer him honorary degrees. Amid the parade of healed patients, the bouquets of gratitude, and the shimmering accolades, something insidious started its work. Each absorbed, phobia left a minute residue, an almost imperceptible impact on Dr. Lyle himself. He began to notice peculiar changes, surges of unease in mundane situations, a nervous glance over his shoulder when he was alone, a second thought before stepping into elevators or looking out windows. It was as if the very fears he extracted were not fully vanishing, but instead latching onto him, accumulating in an invisible vault deep within his psyche. As he stood in his office one fateful evening, a glass award for innovation in psychology in one hand, and a celebratory bottle of champagne in the other, he felt it again, that sliver of dread. This time, however, it was stronger, more palpable, like a whisper becoming a scream. It was an omen, a harbinger of the darkness that was to come, signaling the birth of an entity born from the very fears he had so ambitiously, so recklessly collected. Despite the accolades, and the celebration surrounding his revolutionary cure, Dr. Lyle could not shake off the unsettling realization that his miracle treatment had a price, one that he was just beginning to understand. The initial signs were easy to dismiss. Dr. Lyle's heart rate quickened as he passed windows on his way to the clinic, an inexplicable dread washing over him. On a flight for a speaking engagement, he felt his palms sweat and his grip tighten around the armrests. When a documentary about snakes aired on TV, he felt an unwarranted shiver crawl down his spine. Each incident, taken alone, seemed coincidental, but cumulatively, they formed a tapestry of escalating fear. Despite his denial, the fears metastasized. 
Dr. Lyle began to experience restless nights teeming with vivid nightmares. Dreams of vertiginous falls from cliffs, of choking in tight spaces, of poisonous, lurking spiders crawling up his body, each more visceral than the last. He would wake up gasping for air, his sheets drenched in sweat, his eyes wide with terror. But the horrors weren't confined to the darkness of night. Daylight brought its own brand of hallucinations, tangible and disorienting. When walking through the clinic's narrow corridor, the walls seemed to close in, forcing him to bolt into the open to catch his breath. During consultations, his gaze would frequently shift to the corners of the room where shadows danced and flickered in shapes that resembled terrifying figures. At moments, it felt as if electric charges coursed through his body, simulating the sensation of being struck by phantom thunderbolts. With each new patient, each new phobia absorbed, the symptoms intensified. No longer were these fears isolated, they began to amalgamate, to cross-pollinate in his mind. Each new terror latched onto the existing ones, weaving a complex web of dread that spread its tendrils deep into his consciousness. In isolation, Dr. Lyle tried to comprehend the enormity of what was happening to him. With trembling hands, he opened a hidden drawer in his desk and pulled out a leather-bound journal. Here, in this private record, he chronicled the daily disintegration of his mental state. Each entry was more frantic than the last, a grim testament to his unraveling sanity. The handwriting grew more erratic, and the descriptions more vivid, as if the act of committing these experiences to paper somehow made them more real, more irreversible. As he closed the journal after his latest entry, a new sensation swept over him, a sense of impending doom, as if the walls of his reality were on the brink of collapse. It became clear that his condition wasn't just an aberration, but a monstrous hive of amalgamated fears, each phobia intensifying the others, spiraling into an entity of its own. This wasn't just an accumulation, it was a gestation. Something was taking form within him, something dark, and it was almost ready to make itself known. On a particularly oppressive night, when the moon was concealed behind a blanket of clouds, and even the usual nocturnal noises, seemed to have hushed in anticipation, it happened. Dr. Lyle's senses tingled as a low, guttural sound reverberated through the air, a sonic wave that seemed to emanate from the very fabric of his home. Each creak of the floorboards, each rustle of the wind, coalesced into this unearthly growl. Grabbing a flashlight from his bedside table, Dr. Lyle's trembling hand clicked it on. His heart pounded like a drum, each beat echoing in his ears as he cautiously stepped out of the relative sanctuary of his bedroom. The door creaked open ominously, serving as an unwilling gateway to the unknown horrors that awaited him. The flashlight's beam pierced the darkness but did little to alleviate his dread. Shadows, deeper than any natural absence of light, darted and swirled across the walls, ceilings and floors. These weren't mere distortions of the environment, they seemed sentient, filled with purpose. One moment, they would elongate, and twist into serpentine forms, mimicking the shape of constricting pythons. The next, they'd fragment into a myriad of tiny, skittering shapes, eerily akin to spiders, scattering in all directions. 
The images flickered and morphed, each manifestation more grotesque and unsettling than the last. As he moved further into his living room, the oppressive atmosphere thickened, as if the air itself was laden with the weight of untold horrors. It became increasingly difficult to breathe, as though the room were filling with water or closing in on itself. Dr. Lyle felt his knees weaken, his resolve waver, but he fought through it, his grip tightening around the flashlight. Then, in a climactic moment that seemed to defy time, the frenetic shadows began to coalesce. They merged into a single, amorphous mass, a patch of darkness, so intense it seemed to absorb the very light around it. This entity was an affront to reason, to the natural laws that governed reality. It was as if every phobia he had ever absorbed, every terror he had ever alleviated from others, had gained corporeal form. An entity birthed from the amalgam of fears, a nightmarish monstrosity woven from the very stuff of human dread, now loomed before him. It floated there, an abomination of swirling darkness and pulsating terror, occupying the center of the room yet somehow also filling every corner, crack, and crevice with its malevolent essence. Dr. Lyle stood frozen, his flashlight now dim and flickering, as if the batteries were being drained by the very presence of the entity. The realization hit him like a bolt of lightning, this monstrosity was not some external invasion. It was a manifestation of his own making, a being of pure phobia, born from the depth of his own mind. And it was finally, horrifically, awake. His mind racing faster than his feet, Dr. Lyle sprinted down the hallway towards his office. His sole focus was to reach his desk, to dive into the labyrinth of research papers, and scribbled notes that might hold the key to reversing this unthinkable reality. The entity followed, gliding over the ground as if tethered to him by some unseen force. It was a gravitational pull of darkness, a vortex of fear that distorted the very nature of his surroundings. The office itself, seemed to respond to the malevolence of the entity. Papers and books lifted off the desk, hanging in the air as if caught in an invisible web. The walls took on an unsettling pulsation, mimicking the rhythm of a human heart, and the air grew thick, acquiring a stifling, almost liquid quality that made each inhalation a struggle. By passing the levitating objects, Dr. Lyle frantically searched through his drawers, tossing aside years of irrelevant work in his desperate hunt for an answer. Finally, his hand landed on a sheaf of papers filled with arcane symbols, the theoretical work on counteracting the phobia absorption process. It was purely speculative, a far-fetched contingency he had never thought he'd need, but now it was the only thread of hope. With shaking hands and labored breath, he pulled chalk from a drawer and began to etch symbols onto the hardwood floor. Circles interlocked with triangles, cryptic alphabets, and equations that defied conventional mathematics. His voice, almost foreign to him now, chanted incantations that mixed quantum theory with ancient mysticism, a last-ditch effort to meld science and the unknown. As he chanted, the entity in the center of the room seemed to quiver, its form becoming unstable. The edges that defined it blurred, its dark matter loosening as if grappling with a sudden identity crisis. For a moment, Dr. Lyle felt a glimmer of hope, 
the possibility that he could reverse this horrific chain of events and banish the entity back into the fractured recesses of his mind. But the entity was not so easily undone. It trembled and wavered, but did not dissipate. Instead, it seemed to grow angrier, more defiant, as if the attempt to eradicate it had only intensified its resolve to exist. The shadows darkened, the air grew even thicker, and the walls of the office seemed to close in, a claustrophobic pressure that mirrored the escalating terror in Dr. Lyle's heart. It was a moment of grim realization. The ritual, the research, his frantic quest for a solution, they had all failed. The entity was not a puzzle to be solved or a code to be cracked, it was a manifestation of pure, relentless fear. And it had come to claim its creator. Heart pounding, sweat pouring down his forehead, Dr. Lyle readied himself to utter the final syllable of the incantation. Just as his lips began to move, the entity lunged at him, its form disintegrating into a swirling vortex of shadows and terror. In that instant, it merged with him, engulfing him in a maelstrom of darkness, and a tsunami of dread that overwhelmed his senses. For a horrifying moment, he felt the pure essence of every fear he had absorbed. Acrophobia, arachnophobia, claustrophobia, they rushed through him in a torrential flood, each phobia a scalding wave that threatened to drown him. Then, as suddenly as it began, the deluge stopped. An unsettling calm washed over him, enveloping him like a blanket woven from the stillness of a graveyard. Relieved, Dr. Lyle turned towards the mirror that hung on the wall. His eyes met his reflection, expecting to see his familiar features marred by fatigue, but vindicated by victory. Instead, he was greeted by an incomprehensible horror. The face staring back at him was not his own. It was a nightmarish collage of faces, each twisted in fear, each representing a distinct phobia he had absorbed over the years. His very being had transformed into a living tapestry of terror, an amalgamation of countless fears and nightmares. The gut-wrenching realization sank in. He had not defeated the entity, he had become a vessel for it, an avatar for the collective dread he had gathered. The entity was no longer a separate existence, lurking in the shadows, it had found a far more insidious dwelling place. Dr. Lyle, or the entity that now wore his skin, picked up his coat and headed towards the door. It stepped out into the night, merging seamlessly with the world it once feared, behind the facade of a man celebrated as a hero. As it walked the empty streets, a new hunger stirred within it, a voracious appetite for more fears, more terrors to add, to its ever-expanding repertoire. The world continued to celebrate the revolutionary psychologist who could absorb phobias, oblivious to the monstrosity that lurked behind his eyes. For the entity had discovered a new realm to inhabit, an existence far more terrifying than any shadowy corner or darkened room. It was now free to roam, to feed, to grow, forever hidden yet ever present, a mosaic of humanity's deepest fears made flesh. And it was thirsty for more, 